Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, good morning, Generations Church. How are we doing today? We doing good? Woo! Hey, this crowd is a lot more awake than 915. The first time I got like, woo, and that was about it. The second service is a lot more awake. I'm so excited uh, for today, for Family Ministry Sunday. I think I say this about every Sunday, but I'm going to say it again anyways, because I can and I have the stage. But this day is probably one of my, going to be one of my favorite Sundays of the church calendar, Family Ministry Sunday. Uh, and the reason why is because I love the fact that not only uh, does our church uh, love and want to invest uh, into the next generation, but gives them the the, the time in the Sunday morning uh, to, to show their giftings, to show their talents and abilities, to serve, and uh, to just show off our kids and, and youth. Uh, so thank you, Pastor Jeremy and Miss Corey, for not only just believing in the next generation, uh, but for providing that that avenue for them to use their gifting, giftings and talents and abilities. Uh, but before we get into the message, I have a couple of announcements. This next Saturday, uh, which is in, I think, like six days, uh, it is our ladies' brunch. So if you are a lady and uh, you want to get away from the kids and get away from your husband or uh, whatever it may be and get some time to just spend time with other ladies, go to our website at, generate, at, at g.church slash event. Uh, and register for that. Um, it is going to be an incredible uh, Saturday. Um, just spending time with all the ladies. I won't be there. Of course, I'll be with my kids while my wife is here. Um, but ladies, sign up for that. And then also uh, next Sunday for all the kids and, and husbands, uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Um, it is one of the greatest Sundays of the year. See, I said it again. Uh, uh, but next Sunday is Mother's Day, so don't forget to give. Uh, get a gift for your mom um, and get them here for, for that special day next Sunday. And then also, if you have a high schooler or a middle schooler or a grade schooler, uh, this summer, um, the, the North Georgia Youth Camp uh, does summer camps uh, in the month of June. I want to encourage you, if you have a grade schooler, middle schooler, or a high schooler, to get them to camp. It is going to be an incredible, uh, th- it's over three weeks, three weeks of camp. The high school week is first, then middle school week is second, and then grade school week is third. Uh, you, They are not going to miss that. It is in a lot of fun, uh, but uh, God moves in an incredible way. So you can go to g.church slash events to sign them up for summer camp. So before I also get into this morning, get into the message this morning, I want to recognize um, some amazing people, and that is our generation youth leaders and then our G Kids leaders. If you are a G Kid leader or a generation youth leader, would you just please stand up so that we can recognize? We had some in the first service, a lot more in the first service, but if you are a G Kid leader or a generation youth leader, whoo, yes. Thank you so much for your heart to serve and love on the next generation. Um, you know, uh, I truly do believe you may not get a reward uh, in, on earth, uh, but I truly do believe that your reward in heaven is that much bigger than everyone else's. So 
If you want to be a G Kids leader and you want a bigger reward in heaven, uh, you can sign up. You can see Miss Brittany or I after service to be a G Kid volunteer or G- Generation Youth leader. Uh, we love just pouring into the next generation. Uh, then also, I want to recognize our G Kids and Generation Youth. Uh, our G Kids meet on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Our, our youth meet on Wednesday nights at 630. Um, but what you may not know, um, you may have seen them serving as you came in and greeting and opening a door in the parking lot. But you, what you may not know is they serve almost every Sunday in, in some capacity. We have G kids that serve in some preschooler classes in one of the services. We have uh, a generation youth that kind of uh, serve all over the place. Um, if you don't know, uh, our generation youth, uh, a lot of our generation youth, middle school boys and high school boys, some serve on the worship team, but then uh, they also serve in uh, media. And what you may not know is they get here at 6.30 on Sunday mornings to set up all the media. They do lights, and they do the, the, the videos, and they do uh, everything that you see on the screen. Uh, they do sound and, and, and online service, and so they do so much. Uh, so our generation youth and kids, uh, they serve in multiple different ways, so thank you for serving. And lastly, I just want to thank every parent, every grandparent, every sibling and uncle uh, that gets kids and gets their kids and youth here uh, week in and week out. We love uh, so much about uh, your kid's uh, uh, spiritual life to get him here. So thank you so much. So that's all the thank yous and recognitions I have. Let's go to God in prayer uh, to just uh, open our hearts to what he has for us. God, we thank you for today. I thank you, uh, God, for this time of worship, God, that we've had. God, to just encounter your presence. God, for kids to lead uh, adults in worship, for uh, for your presence, God, uh, to move in this place. God, to sing about your love that you have for us. God, we're so thankful, uh, God, for the community, God, that we're able to find here at Generations Church. God, we thank you uh, for the relationships, God, that are formed here, God. God, I pray, uh, God, that as we uh, dive into this message, as we dive into this word, God, that you, God, that you speak to us. God, that our ears, God, be open to hear what you have for us. Our hearts, God, be open to receive, God, your word. And in our minds, God, be open to understand, God, what you have for us. God, let, let your word uh, speak to us this morning. We thank you for this day, and we love you and praise you and give you the glory. And everybody said, amen, amen. So this morning on Family Ministry Sunday, I want to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is is family. Family is so near and dear to my heart, not just uh, my family that I grew up with, but my family that uh, my wife Bethany and I are starting now, but then uh, in general, the whole entire family, in-laws, cousins, so on and so forth. Family is very near and dear to my heart. And in a family, no matter how big or small your family uh, may be is, there are a ton of ups and downs. I, I feel like I should get an amen right there. There are tons of ups and downs. Uh, there are a lot of struggles. There's a lot of challenges. Uh, there's, there's things that pull you in every single direction. Uh, there's busy schedules, amen. Uh, there's battles that you face as a family. There are in-laws. They're not my in-laws. My in-laws are great. Uh, there are in-laws. There are siblings. There are parents. There are kids. There are grandparents, cousins, 
aunts, uncles, uh, that all have different personalities and all have their own personal battles and personal struggles. Um, and, and, and they all have different lives that when you add it all together, it can cause some difficulties. One, it can cause chaos, but then two, it can cause some difficulties. And that doesn't even take into the, into fact, into the fact that we have an enemy that is looking to kill, steal, and destroy us personally. But then we have an enemy that is looking to kill, steal, and destroy our family and to tear apart marriages and to tear apart relationships and to tear apart families. So this morning, the title of my message this morning is fight for your family. And today we're going to be looking at Nehemiah 4 verse 12 through 18 and focusing on two ways you can fight for your family. Uh, prior to this scripture, 152 years prior to the scripture that we're about to get into, uh, before this passage, passage King Nebuchadnezzar uh, destroyed the walls of Jerusalem. And so uh, the Israelites were living without walls around their city for 152 years. And so their enemies were able to just easily come in and basically kill kill them, were, were easy to, to attack them, uh, was easy to just destroy them. So for 152 years, they lived without walls. But as they started uh, they, to rebuild, Nehemiah came in uh, and, and, and made a push to rebuild the wall. And as they started to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, uh, the, their enemies, the people uh, that, that opposed them uh, from around, from outside of Jerusalem, uh, were uh, focused on, on stopping the rebuild. They were focused on, on making sure that the rebuild did happen. They're focused on making sure uh, that the, the walls of Jerusalem were not rebuilt. Um, so as we see this um, in Nehemiah 4, 12 through 18, it says this. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I, Nehemiah, this Nehemiah, stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other hand. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. So first, like I said earlier, and you see in this story, we know that we have an enemy that is looking to kill, steal, and destroy us and our families. In verse 15, we see that the Israelites were aware of the plot of their enemies to try to destroy the rebuild and kill them. But what I love about this story and what I love about Nehemiah is that that did not stop them from rebuilding the wall. That did not stop them uh, from, from pushing on to rebuild the wall 
of Jerusalem. What it did is, is it ultimately caused them to strategically fight to do the work of rebuilding the wall, but then also protect themselves and protect their families. It caused them to continue to work to rebuild the wall, but then also protect themselves and their families. In verse 16 through 18, <clears throat> It says this, it says, from that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, excuse me, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon with the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. And I believe we learned something so valuable from this scripture. Now, I believe we learned something uh, so valuable about what uh, Nehemiah, what in the scripture teaches us about how to fight for your families and how to fight for your family. We see in order to fight for your family, we must work and protect uh, in, in, in our family's lives, in our family dynamic. Uh, the way you fight for your family is to work and protect. So we are going to dive into this, uh, these ways this morning with the first way to fight for your family is to work. It's to work. The first way that we fight for our family is to put in work to fight for a family. Uh, let's be honest. Being in a family takes a lot of work. Uh, if you're part of a family, you know that. It takes a lot of work to stay together as a family. Um, there are a lot of different personalities. There's busy schedules. Uh, there's things that happen inside of a family uh, that can cause stress and strife. It takes a lot of work to stay together as a family. Uh, kids mess up. Siblings mess up. Uh, parents mess up. Grandparents mess up. Things happen. You go through different circumstances and situations, different battles that you face, and, and it causes us to have to work to fight for a family. Whenever uh, you have a group of people uh, that are doing life together alongside of each other for a long period of time, it's going to take a lot of work to fight for your family. Uh, but within working to fight for your family, I think there are two very important things that we must do very often. And the first one is this, within working to fight for a family, we need to spend intentional time together. We need to spend intentional time together. I think if you ask any great family, they will tell you that they are very intentional with what they do and don't do. They are very intentional with their time with what they do and don't do. Uh, they make time for just being together. They make time uh, for making meals together. They make time, and I can't do this in my family, my personal family, because it ends in a brawl. Uh, but they make time, maybe this works for your family, uh, they make time to play games together. Does anybody play games with their family? Some people, it doesn't work in my family, not really. Oh, thank you, man. Um, it doesn't work in my family. They make time to intentionally spend time together. If you want to know why families in relationships, especially between parents and kids, are struggling in our society, there's a, a Cornell University put out this study that said that fathers spend, and I'm not just harping on fathers today, but the average father in the United States spends seven minutes a day with their kids. That's 49 minutes a week. And, and we wonder why, why families are being torn apart and, and, and being attacked and, and, and separating. Uh, we must intentionally spend time 
together. You're going to have busy weeks. You're going to have busy seasons. Uh, you're going to have busy times where you're going to ball games after ball games. You're going to event after event. But we have to work hard and spend time together. On, on the outside of those times, in between those times, during those times, we have to intentionally spend time together. In Psalms 39.6 in the New Living Translation, it says, we are merely moving shadows and all are busy rushing ends in nothing. All are busy rushing ends in nothing. Nobody looks back and, and wishes they had gone to more parties. They'd gone to more sports, uh, sporting events. They had done uh, more events away from their family. Nobody looks back and wishes their kid was involved in more sports. Nobody wish, looks back and do, they look back um, and, and they wish they had spent more time with the people they loved. If you ask uh, anybody that uh, has lost someone, you, you, you wish that you had more time with them. People wish they spend more time with the people they love. So spend intentional time working to fight for your family. In Ecclesiastes 4, 6 in the Good, Good News Version, it says, it is better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. We have to intentionally spend time together with our families. We have to spend time with our kids. We have to spend time with our parents. We have to spend time uh, just growing together as a, span- as a family. We have to work and fight to, to make that time, to intentionally spend time together. The second thing within working to fight for a family is we have to, this is a hard one, we have to have continual grace we have to have continual grace. If you have siblings, like I have three siblings, that's a difficult thing because my siblings uh, would, 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 would get on my last nerves. They would push the buttons that they only know that, that are there to be pushed. Um, they would get on my nerves. They would, uh, they would mess with me. Uh, they would get me in trouble purposely. Like they would, they would, they would mess up. They would do things to me. Um, so I had to have continual grace, but that's the same for any family. Whether you, with your in-laws, whether it's your parents, whether your grandparents, siblings, kids, you have to have continual grace, just like the grace that God has given us. We have to have that same grace. Relationships need grace. There, there is not a single relationship. There's not a single uh, uh, person on this earth that you won't have relationship with, that you, will, uh, that you won't have to have grace with. You have to have grace and continual grace with your family. We have to begin by recognizing that your family members are going to mess up. They're going to mess up. Your family members are going to mess up. Let's be honest. We live in a pretty selfish world in a lot of aspects. So if you take all uh, seven to 10, five to 10 selfish people and you put them all together, they're going to mess up. They're going to be selfish and, and do you wrong. So you have to have continual grace. Um, somebody, uh, uh, somebody right now uh, may be thinking about leaving their family, wanting to get, uh, get away from a family. Have continual grace, grace because maybe somebody messed up and somebody did you wrong. Have continual grace. It takes the grace of God to be in relationship with others. And it takes us having continual grace with our families. In Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. 
We have to have that same grace with our family members. Even when they mess up, even when they do us wrong, we have to have continual grace. They are going to mess up. Let's be honest. Our family members are going to mess up, but we have to have continual grace. So to fight for your family, you have to put in the work through having intentional time and continual grace. But then you also fight for your family. You have, in order to fight for your family, you have to protect. You have to protect. Uh, what I love about my wife, and she's going to love this because she has no clue that I'm saying this, so I'm scoring a lot of points right now. What I love about my wife uh, is that she has this like mama bear mentality. Has anybody watched like YouTube videos of like the mama bear protecting her cubs? Like that's my wife, and it scares me, honestly. If I, you know, like I, I, I'm scared for the person who puts that to the test, um, but I stay away from putting that to the test because I see it. My wife has a mama Mama bear mentality. Like, if you mess with my kids, oof, oof. I don't even want to know. I'm just going to, I don't want to even put my, my imagination to the test. But we have to have that same mentality of protecting our families. And we have to have the same mentality of this mama bear mentality when it comes to fighting for our family. We have to protect, uh, but we all have to have that protecting mindset for our family. The enemy is looking to kill, steal, and destroy us and our family. The enemy is looking to kill some marriages. The enemy is looking to kill some families. The enemy is looking to destroy some families and some relationships. The enemy is looking to to tear apart families. And so we have to have this protecting mindset where we're going to protect at all costs our family. We have to protect when fighting for our family. In Ephesians uh, 6, 13 through 18, we, uh, as we look at this, we see what it means to protect and how to protect. Ephesians 3, uh, 6, 13 through 18, it says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able, able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with, from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So within Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, we see three ways that we protect. And I'm going to hit these really quick to fight for your family. And the first way is we have to have this unwavering faith. We have to have this unwavering faith first that first that says that uh, that shows that we believe in God and first uh, that replicates our, our relationship with God. Uh, but then two, um, it, it, it uh, a faith that uh, first believes in God and, and has a relationship with him. But then two, a faith that reminds us of the promises He has given us. We see that in verse sixteen. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We have to have uh, a faith 
uh, that, that has a, believes in God, has a relationship with God, but then also reminds us of the promises he has given. We extinguish the attack of the enemy by remembering the promises of God in our lives and in our family. Promises like he will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave your family or forsake your family. He will meet all your family's needs. Uh, uh, You call on him and he will answer. He will make your path straight. Having unwavering faith in God uh, uh, protects your family and protects our family from the attack of the enemy. So the second way we protect our uh, protect uh, to fight for our families is through having a disciplined devotion to the Word of God. We see that in verse seventeen. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Not only do we have to have the shield of faith, but we also have to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, Christ used Scripture to defeat the enemy, uh, Satan, when he was tempted in the desert, and we must do the same. When we know the Word of God and our family members know the Word of God, we're able to protect our families from the attack of the enemy. We're able to protect our families through fighting for our families. Uh, One of the best things you can do as a family is get in the word of God together. One of the best things that you can do is teach your kids and your grandkids what the Bible says. One of the best things you can do is get around as a family, open the Bible and read it as a family. Learn it as a, as a family. Speak it over your kids. Speak it over your parents. Speak it over your situations. Speak it over your situations. The One of the best things you can do is get in the word of God and have a, have, have a, a disciplined devotion to the word of God. And having that uh, disciplined devotion protects our family when you fight for your families. We need to have a disciplined devotion in God's word. So the third way we protect to fight for, for our families is through passionate prayer. Uh, this is the last point, through passionate prayer. In verse 18, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, one of my favorite Christian movies um, that I've ever seen, uh, it came out a couple years ago. I don't know how many years ago, I'd probably tell my age, but um, it came out a couple years ago and it's probably cheesy, but the movie is called War Room. Has anybody seen that movie, War Room? Okay, there's a good, if you have not seen that movie, I encourage you to go watch it. It will challenge you uh, to not only pray more, but to pray more passionately. Like, it is an incredible movie. And in this movie, uh, we see this family that, is, that is, has some uh, dysfunction, the mom and dad, a wife, uh, a wife and husband, they're fighting all the time, not together like for their family. They're fighting against each other. Um, they're, they're constantly arguing. There's, there's, uh, marriage problems and the, and the kid doesn't like being around their parents because, um, because they're always fighting. And we see, in this movie, this elderly woman uh, meets this meets that mom, and this elderly woman uh, teaches this mom to fight for her family through passionate prayer. Uh, she teaches her uh, this this mom to get away and to fight for her family, to fight for her marriage, to fight for her kids, to fight for her family through passionately 
praying. Now, if you've ever seen this movie, it not only challenges you to pray more, but, but to, to pray more passionately, to pray in a desperate, desperate way where you hold on to God and don't stop praying until he answers your prayers. One of the greatest ways, if not the greatest way that you can fight in protecting your family or just in general to, to fight for your family is praying for your family, is to, is to hold on to God and go to God and lift up your, your kids and lift up your parents and lift up your grandparents and lift up your family to him, to, to get on your hands and knees and cry out to him for your family. Because we have an enemy that is looking to kill, steal, and destroy. And we go through things and we face difficulties and we have hard times. One of the greatest ways that you can fight for your family, for your kids and your family is to passionately pray to God and not quitting until God answers your prayers. That's one of the greatest ways, if not the greatest way, you can fight for your family. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.